Um, I do believe it's just like the goodness of women. I can see you later. Um, I do believe in the hundreds of monkey theory. Whatever, the, there's, there's enough to increase, and more and more people. I mean, not only is the church talking about legend day, the culture talking about legend day. I mean, the military's talking There's all this stuff being written, and you read the New York Times articles and stuff, I mean, they're, they're very favorable. I mean, you, you know, comparatively, maybe even to eight years ago. So there's a New Yorker. Exactly. I mean, and, and more and more, I mean, it's being written read. We have our own theologians, we have our own writers, do you know what I'm saying? We're doing a lot of work uh, and bringing to light, for instance, I'll be doing this thing in Montreal about violence against lesbian gay people. When people begin, what, you know, it takes 20 years or whatever for, for to get into people's psyche, the stuff that's going on and so on. Um, so I, I think the church will come along. When it will come along, I don't know, but I think it's, I think, I think it will have to catch up with but do you sense any kind of, is there kind of a background? Sure, I think, um, again, I think the church is, is very threatened. It's, it, it's, but it's threatened in making the connections. I mean, it's very threatened by reimagining should show us a great deal of the reaction to women. And, and again, lesbian gay people see that and, and how that is really trying to end. Again, when I said to you that, the worst thing a man can be is effeminate, and that's misogyny, and that's about, you know, queer stuff has everything to do with... Oh, the other thing is, I think I wrote in the tape, too. At first, you know, we were homosexuals. Then we were lesbian and gay, and now we're calling ourselves queer again. You know, we, we've reclaimed... Right, who's that, doing that? that? The lesbian gave our sexual community. Uses that you, well, the thing is, now we are... Again, Mary Huff does a great analysis about how we start out as homosexual and it's a very clinical word and all this kind of thing. And then we like, well, that isn't who we are. Then we, we take on the lesbos, the lesbian gay, and begin to come into our own empowerment and so on. And then the word queer is political as well. You know, we're, we're, we're getting political power. We're, we've reclaimed a name. We've, we've said, you know, queer's good kind of thing. And so we're, we're becoming a people to reckon with. I mean, I know this in the last 10 years with Spectrum when we started and people thought there was a little, you know, ministry like this nice ministry and and so on like that. But now what's happening in the last 10 years, in about three years ago, now who calls, we are, um, and, and when I say this and I say we in winning these awards, I won an advocacy award by the nonprofit agencies. We won, a, and this is and me, but it's really we. We won um, the first out woman in the Women's Hall of Fame in our area. I was chosen as the Each district, like Sonoma County, Marin, all this kind of thing, had a person that was chosen of all the women to represent to go to the state legislature in California. And why I say we is that it's a movement. And when I was honored, we were honored. <laughs> Do you know, and, and this is what's happening is people are seeing us political force. People call them up my vote. <laughs> See, before they didn't do that, Dick. We weren't seen as a powerful lobby. You see that so, in society, too. You see that with even exactly. a guy like Giuliani, for example, in New York, who paid attention to the gay Exactly. Lesbian. So the thing is, we've become um, a political movement as well. as it's a, it's a spiritual movement. It invites people to look differently at power, at sexuality. It's, um, you know, it's a great time to be queer, <laughs> to me. It, it sounds to me a little bit, I mean, you have to careful about making mm -hmm. analogies all the time, but it's, when you talk about 
reclaimed that word queer again, which was originally a word that was oh, put on it. Uh, it sounds like the way African Americans themselves use the word nigger when they're talking among themselves. Man, you is a jive ass nigger. And it's like, I mean, a white person doesn't use that. But Well, it's like reclaiming the word dyke. Uh -huh. You see, the word dyke was a word that said, well, they're just a bunch of dykes. You see? And what we're teaching agencies, for instance, women, powerful women agencies are called dyke agencies, whether they're there are lesbians there or not. Yeah. So we're teaching people to say thank you. Thank yeah. you, you have just honored me by calling me powerful. Yeah. So again, it's reclaiming those words. What does the word dyke come from, do you know? Okay, uh, you're talking about the Oh, let, let me just say one more thing, because yeah, I think ahead. I have a little figure upstairs. When we were in Hawaii, we thought, how do we say some of the gifts that we bring to the church that we really have to bring? Um, and I went and we saw a dog, a Hawaiian dog, that on one side was male and one side was female. And so we looked at this and I thought, wonder at Kirkridge we're going to say, okay, what do we mean by some of the gifts that we bring? So you know, I did, I held up this doll and I said, look here. And the whole place went wild. Me, no. I didn't have to say anything. I just had to show you. Yeah. You should have seen people's faces. Working. Working. Mm -hmm. and, and what? See, what male calls another male sister? It's somehow to integrate this within ourselves and to know and explore those sides of us, which is really quite wonderful. And this is what I. That this is the stuff I didn't know I'd find. But you want everybody to find. It isn't the gay and lesbian people have the market on this. Is that you want heterosexual people sure. to find them. I don't care what, how, that we could love one another, that you and Pat could love one another in such a way. You know, what could I learn from you? What could you learn from me? What could we? I mean, there's the conversation to me. What is, it, what is unique? What is it? What, what can we grow in together that, that we all have access to? Yeah. I'm going to come to that and talk about a little bit later about that. Yeah. You're very up, your tape is very up when you're talking about starting to work with Ninja Light, which became respectful, very excited, yes. and so forth. And I put down, it sounds as if this was a period in which there was no rejection, there were no negative experiences. That's not true. Mm -mm. Absolutely not true. In fact, um, getting it started. I think I told you that, you know, there were several churches who said, oh, you know, I said, well, I'd like to have our office here. And um, the things that people said to me, well, well Jenny, we like you, but it's those people, but I'm those people, well, you know, people get HIV. I mean, the misinformation, again, about who we were, that was very painful. Um, even to get office space. Um, but I think what happened for me was, there, when you start a grassroots organization. There is so much work to be done, um, like youth groups and parents groups and I mean all this stuff starting and so like that. What I did is I dove in. I dove in to um, creating something, something that um, I, I wasn't worried about rejection anymore. I mean people are going to reject me. What, what are you going to do? But the thing is we, we had a movement in our hands and we had to do create 
we, we listened to our people. We listened to the grassroots, and we created an organization to work with the grassroots of our people. Where were they? How do they find their voice? How do they become empowered? So we did some great work. I'm going to jump ahead quite a bit at this point, talking about the 1991 General Assembly and the report on homosexuality. And you talk about the cross and the kind of one so forth. And then you said, it is an atrocity here when people talk about lesbian. Um, well, I think there's many uh, in situations. Um, the man who got up and screamed at East Lansing, "You're an abomination. You're filthy," you know, or, or whatever. You're you're against God and stuff like that. I mean, I knew that he was really lunatic, almost. I mean, so that, I mean, it always hurts. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, my great fear is, God forbid that I don't feel it, because then I'm in trouble. Um, I think when um, a person looked at me, uh, when I think of situation, I, I think about when I when I participated in the Vital School Board, some of their hearings, and a person coming up to me and saying, well, I mean, looking at me with such hatred, um, you know, where's your where's your leather? You know, here you're in a dress, but but where's your motorcycle? Where's your leather? Where's your leather stuff? Where's your kinky stuff? Um, and then you know, scream at your scum. Your scum. Your scum. Your filth. Your filth. Um, and again, so much. You know, and me trying to reason with the person and, and having friends who say just surrounded me and said, we're going there. Um, I, I guess I just wanted to believe that, that people wouldn't treat people that way. That, that I, want, I want to somehow help that person see. I, I have never been so in touch, I think, uh, with forgive them for they know not what they do. That's the only thing that gives me. Um, um, I think you, get people that, that, you get this at church meetings as well. Oh, yes. Oh yes. I mean, obviously, this one, this guy at Lansing, saying that. Yeah, and well, that was in the sanctuary. Made it very unsafe for people. Because there is a kind of there is a physical threat behind. Oh yes. And sometimes I um, I feel that more than I did. That's Connie's fear. That Connie's Connie's fear is that someone's gonna. I mean. Because this gets more of it, this gets more intense. Now I'm not afraid of that, but but this church has done some nice security things. I mean, people are more conscious to be aware of that. Um, for me, I don't want to. I don't want to be naive, but I also don't want to get into a mindset like that because a mindset like that can invite things to. I'm not. I'm not worried, but I'm also becoming wiser. Um, what the sad thing was. Because Presbyterians, now, people don't like conflict. This is conflicting. So people should do their work. 
For instance, a pastor, after this man got up and screamed and yelled and was really lunatic, the pastor took him out and talked with him. But then he brought him back in. And the guy did it again. Now, I want to say, better get ready for conflict, folks. This is going to cause conflict. Sexuality and deep stuff is in people's guts. It's like feminist, it's like um, changing the language for God. People get riled up about that. But when you're talking about sexuality and sexual, people are coming from all different places here. And, and if people haven't done their good work on sexuality, which we haven't, none of us have done very well, um, you're going to have people really pissed. <laughs> Let me check one thing that is related to that. When you started out as an evangelist for Christian and Christian back in the hometown, so you said a seminary student yes. said, don't worry, Jane, there's only been three bomb threats. Was he kidding? Or was that no, really, the church serious. really received three yes. bomb threats? Yes, they did. Now, that didn't, nothing transpired no, I, I, like that. But it was enough. It, and it didn't worry me, by the way. Although I'm mindful. I'm mindful. I think what I'm, I'm getting more mindful. Well, you know, during the 60s, the guidelines had bomb threats sometimes almost daily. That's right. had to empty the whole right. building out and nothing. What I experienced, I think, I, I, I can't, I, I've never been in a minority situation except as a liberal. I think the worst thing anybody ever, two worst things that people said to me, but on different levels. One was that I was called a communist in the floor of Presbyterian, mm -hmm. for saying that we ought to get out of Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And that upset me a lot. Because mm -hmm. I was an attack and somebody wasn't listening. But I could dismiss that as a lot of But then one time, and this was a guy who was in asking for money. And I told him no, and he said, well, you're not a very Christian. I um that's yes. not that's on a different level. No, but it's but it's, it's but it's that's your identity. Find ways to touch you in a way that will hurt you. That's right. That's right. I think um, when when I think yes, I certainly understand that. I mean, uh, oh, that's the other thing too. Well, Jane, you're just you're just doing your cause. See, you're just doing this on that same kind of line that you're talking about. You're just not doing your agenda. And I I take very seriously what an evangelist is. It's a call to me. So, no, this isn't my agenda. I feel like I'm responding to God. The other thing when I think about one of the worst things for me is in front of my children to be equated as a child minister and a pedist. I mean, that is evil to me. And, and my, my son was so furious at this trial. You know, to hear their mother equated with a murderer, a child molester, and so on. That is, and, and him looking at me, taking this. And I'm going to go up and throttle these people. You know, I mean, that, uh-uh, uh-uh. So. Okay, yeah. uh, I seem to be jumping around.
time, but somehow your responses trigger these questions and can get into the order. Yeah. We're back, we're at Rochester now, where you're starting to get your first interview and so forth. Uh, and to meet with the people, and you answered my question, you had it right on your dossier, if you were oh, asking, yes. and that was real clear. Oh, yes. Again, in retrospect, you may not want to speculate. Do you, is your feeling that the committee was realistic about where the whole church was? You and they and the pastors and Diane yesterday all said, we looked at that, we looked at 14. No question, she was absolutely protected. Was the church being naive or, or, or unrealistic, do you think? Well, some, some people have said yes and some people have said no. I think, um, it, I think when, I, when I look at my life experience and I look over the last almost 12 years of doing ministry and working with churches and faith communities around this, I would say that was naive. Because, um, and that's why I kept saying, do you understand what this might mean? But because we thought paragraph 14 was in play, I mean, you were almost lulled in a way to thinking that. So on one level, that's true. On another level, in, in gut-level stuff, in which the, the last 12 years would have told me that something like this would happen. Do you know what I'm saying? My, the experience that I've had with churches and the kind of reactions that people have had and so on, when I saw the man come forward and say, we are doing this in protest, Inside of me, a voice went, this is trouble. Uh, there's going to be trouble. But again, we were excited. It was an exuberant sure. time and so on. But again, I know from my experience, listening to that, that something would happen. You said in your first interview, it was a good interview, that congregation, Mm -hmm. that when it was over, mm -hmm. I didn't think I could from that again. Mm -hmm. Why not? Um, because I'm not naive about what it asks people. If people look at it real seriously, um, what it would be to hire a lesbian. That it does invite people into risking, into talking about their secrets. It's, I mean, and I know this because of the churches that I've served, and also, you know, when you're open, it helps other people be open. And I just know the questions the congregation is dealing with and having open. As we get people that I hear from UC Sings on So it was like uh, you were saying. I, well, my thing was, I didn't, I thought it was a good interview. Mm -hmm. I was really glad to. Uh, have had it. It was healing for me that people took seriously my work and, and asked about my work. So I felt if nothing more came of it, um, it was Connie and I were honored as a couple. Um, we were asked the same questions that every other candidate was asked. And I felt um, that I was honoring that deep thing um, of really responding to I knew I was to meet these people. Uh, you know it. You know it's that gut feeling that you know. It's like you said when you were in college. It's a gut feeling. It's like a meeting. And once we had the meeting, then it takes a life of its own. But I knew 
I appreciated that they honored to meet with me um, and that I felt we had a really good conversation. And thank you, Don. When I was at when I was in New York and the Palo Alto Church contacted me and said would you be interested in coming out on anything? Um, I called Bob Brown because he had been a member of that the insignia in that church and then came to New York and were attending the Shepherd. Mm -hmm. And I said, Bob, I it looks like a good church and stuff. I don't know. I don't know whether I'm going to leave yet. And he said, "You ought to go." He said, "Because it will clarify some things for you, mm -hmm. and it probably will clarify some things for that church about what ministry is and what they want mm -hmm. and where you want and so forth." Mm -hmm. And he said, "Even if you don't accept it, it will be a productive and useful conversation. Exactly. I know that church and I know you. And even if it turns out you decide that's not a good fit, it's not going to work, mm -hmm. your questions." Come with lots of questions. We'll help them clarify what that's they right. want, where they're going, what they're interested and what you want. And, and I, that's really helpful to me because I think what I was looking at, 49 years old, was I going to continue with this work that I loved, knowing also I'm a bridge building builder, and in the end, it was coming to the point where I was administering all this work, loving it, doing well with it, but in the end, Jane, are you an executive director or are you a pastor? You see, that's, that was my question. And, and knowing, really believing that I wouldn't have the opportunity to pastor in the way, really believing that I wouldn't have access to a church. I mean, because I'm not naive of structures and was said, but on the other hand, you're right, it would help me clarify, am I more pastor than I am executive director? And that had to become clearer for me because what I was trying to do at Spectrum Ministry of Light was not only to do all the administrative work and do all the things, but I was also doing hours and hours of pastoral care, hurling unions, burying people, and stuff like that, and still running an agency that was getting larger and larger and larger. What they have now is an executive director, a minister, you know. I mean, they will have, they have a program director, and so on. Had I stayed, I was doing all those things at the same time. Besides being the community person, winning the awards, doing for the community, and making our names known all around there. It was an insane yeah. situation, yeah. and it really made me clarify, well, I think I am more pastor than I am executive director, although knowing that I had grown tremendously in my administrative skills. So and I also knew I had gifts to bring that way as well. And you're not a whistle, you're not a good whistleblower. You're like me. You let them pack stuff on you and pack stuff on you and pack stuff on you before you say, "Hey, this is too much." Well, and and I think because, and that's only because of my as my as a minority, in some way, you see, and that's what I said to this church. I mean, it's very honest with them, and Jenny can talk about that. I don't want to do this because it's one more thing to prove. See, the other thing is, Dick, it's that I can't be just a good executive director. I have to be a great executive director because I'm a lesbian. Just so, so you pile another thing on yourself that you keep saying yes. So for me, I want to get healthy, er, wanted to realize my boundaries more, and, and really had begun to say to the board, of which they were also saying to me, gotta do this differently. <laughs> this was helpful.
During your interview, you also, one of your interviews, maybe the second one, you suggested that the PNC here might think about, might think about or consider looking at AIA. In talking with a number of people, members of the PNC here, pastors and so forth, and other people are in the room, the indication is from most of those people that it's very, very hard to get a lies from the black question to you is, do you know of any Presbyterian gay African Americans who've come out, and I want to tell you about anybody who's not come out, but do you know of a single Presbyterian gay Well, I, I do know uh, in New York there are some folks uh, are coming out as, as elders and say, no, as pastors, no. And that's because of the double whims of oppression. Um, and I've been in touch with African American people who have said to me, Janie, I've got to work on this issue. I do know um, Irene Monroe, who is both Baptist and Presbyterian, she's looking at all, who is an out lesbian, African American, um, who's doing amazing work. Uh, she's the only one, the only one I know. MCC people, of course. Um, it's fabulous. It's really when we do cloud, Christian lesbians out together, it's really calling that has worked so much in the alliances. No, they're not. Um, it may have something to do also with perception by whites and self-perception of blacks and sexuality. I don't know how to say much more about that, but... Well, James Noel and I, Pardon? James Noel yeah. and I did, I think I mentioned this on the tape, did a workshop together with predominantly African Americans talking about how African American men are viewed by this culture sexually and how they were castrated. I mean, just incredible, and how many of them sit like this. On that. I mean, it was phenomenal stuff that we got into, and um, yeah, there's there's all there's a whole lot of stuff in there. But is, would you agree that it is it is relatively difficult to find in the African American community in the Presbyterian Church allies, or is that not, you don't find that? I find. Um, There has to be deeply intentional conversations and friendships made. Um, I think allies are everywhere. I think the people that I am, the African American people that I am intentionally making friends with because they enrich my life and I enrich theirs. Um, get the connection between racism and heterosexism. But I have to be intentional because I am a privileged person, is white. And uh, I don't know anyone who isn't trying to be my ally when I go to the depth of what I, what, the work that I need to do for friendship. Part of your evangelism. 
back where this committee is almost ready to call you and you telling me that you're telling me on the tape, I honestly hope they would not invite me. Well, my question is... What I meant is by that is, what I meant by that is, um, multi-leveled, multi-leveled. I loved the work that I was doing. I, um, again, I mentioned what Wanda Graham and I talked so much about, being curriculum for the Presbyterian Church. Uh, would I be able to do the work that I love to do, um, which is to pastor, to co-pastor? Um, or would I be looked, looked at, would I be suspect? Um, Again, with the Oakland Council, you know, we love you, Jane, but we really don't want you here. Um, would I be able to work with youth? Would I be able to work with children? And, you know, without this mythology that's kind of dumped on you. Um, so, also, it was a spiritual question for me. What, what are the next steps, and, and do I really want to do it in the church? Um, it was also a personal thing with me, with my partner, which was deeply, deeply challenging. For me, our, our partnership is most important to me, and, and it has taken some time. This, I want to talk about thing. both of those things. So it, it was it was huge for us, for, for Connie and me. Um, and yet we knew um, because of the kind of relationship we have and the kind of relationship that we have with God, within each other and so on. Like I said, I mean, even who God is, is different to me with that call. I mean, like I said, I've seen her. And um, that has been an, an amazing thing for me, at the trusting. What, what Connie heard and what I heard was, you need to be in this process. In this process? In this process of, 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 of being invited, responding to the invitation. Because, you see, it's still a process. We're still in process here. I'm not here. Um, so all I know is I'm listening step by step by step. And it was to say finally yes to the invitation, knowing that possibly I would be here and Connie would be there, but really working that through until we came to it. Um, so, I mean, it's all, and it's really trusting. It's really trusting. I am, I am, when I heard that, Part of the tape, I was very, I was deeply moved, and I was very impressed because I thought about the traditional male ministry model, my own traditional male ministry model, which was, was at that stage, that was having children, raising 